Um, so, hi, Anton. Very nice to meet you um, remotely at last. Um, for people that uh, don't know you, could you just give us like a 30 second intro? Sure. Uh, thanks, Matt. Uh, my name is Anton Blanchard. Uh, I've been involved with Linux and open source software for most of my career. A couple of years ago, uh, I started to uh, deal in open hardware. Uh, just some quick background the Open Power Foundation uh, uh, that I'm a part of as, as uh, I'm at IBM. Uh, we opened up the instruction set architecture for the power architecture. And as part of that, we decided to have a proof of concept, I guess, a little core. It was called MicroWatt. Uh, and that really got me into the open hardware world and, uh, you know, going through uh, FPA, FPGAs right through now into ASICs. You know, it's been a, a bit of a wild ride over the last couple of years and, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So when did MicroWatt start then? Uh, so it started really a couple of months before uh, we released or announced, I should say, the uh, you know, the instruction set architecture was, was being opened up. And it was more a proof of concept. So, you know, we, we were about to announce and that's all well and good, but, you know, it's... it's uh, it's much more interesting when you have something uh, out there. And um, I mean, my background's primarily in software, as I said, of, you know, open source uh, software and, and Linux. Um, but I have worked with hardware people over the years quite a lot. Uh, and, you know, I sat down and thought, well, you know, how hard is it to, to build a core? Um, and uh, I mean, you know, in a lot of cases, you go into it not really knowing what you're doing uh, and it gets better <laughs> over time. Uh, one of the interesting comments was, uh, uh, what, someone in the community looked at, you know, our, our uh, original release and said it looks like a software person wrote it, and that's exactly right. A software person did write the core, um, and so that's that's where it kind of came from. Um, it aims to be reasonably simple, uh, you know, it, although it it aims to you know to to be reasonably complete at least with the the more simple um, implementations of the architecture. Uh, and it uses all open source tools. So, you know, we we were uh, we targeted VHDL, which was kind of interesting. So, most of the open hardware communities in in Verilog, and we'll probably touch a uh, talk a little bit about that is, VHDL. That is um, quite a regional thing, though, isn't it? So that's um, it, maybe also something is. worth pointing it, out that it's yeah, um, it is. You're based it, in it, Australia. Yes, um, yes. What's also interesting, it's even even uh, you know, I guess regional within companies. So, you know, as, as IBM, we have. A lot of Verilog and we have a whole lot of VHDL as well. So it's not even consistent within companies. Um, and so yeah, it was maybe a little bit of an odd choice, but um, we found it's been really interesting. Uh, a lot of what we've done is is not only you know um, develop microwatt, but work with the community on improving the VHDL flow. Um, and and you know, we think that's kind of VHDL, is it? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, so the maintainer, uh, Tristan Gingold, he's he's fantastic uh, and was really re responsive from you know when we first announced. Uh, and, you know, we found, uh, you know, a number of bugs along the way and, and he's always fixed them. Uh, the other interesting thing is, is that he was spending a lot of time on, on the synthesis flow too. So up until that stage, there was really no open source synthesis for, um, for VHDL, excuse me, for VHDL. Mm -hmm. uh, and so just as we were kind of coming on board and working our way through uh, simulating on top of GHDL and, and kind of releasing and moving along, uh, he was busily working on, you know, the, the basically the front end, so it plugs into Yosis. Uh, so we jumped on that, and that was great. You know, we had a, a, a good collaboration with uh, with him to kind of prove out some of that stuff and ultimately get uh, uh, MicroWatt running on top of GHDL and Yosis all the way through for, for synthesis. Uh, so you so simulated this on an FPGA already then? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, traditional, originally the focus was FPGAs. It's, 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 it's what we had. It's, it's something, you know, tangible we could work with. Uh, and so we targeted, you know, the, the lower end kind of the maker, um, Xilinx and, and um, ECP5 lattice parts as well. Uh, and, you know, that was good because they're cheap. Um, I won't show you, but I've got like a stack, <laughs> a stack of FPGA boards. Uh, it's one of those things, you know, the, the, the right number of FPGA boards is always N plus one. So I'm always buying them. Um, but it's good because you can get a board for, you know, under hundred bucks now, uh, a lot of interesting yeah. stuff happening in the community. And it gave us a, a platform for us to play with, uh, and so anyone could kind of get up to speed and run run the microwatt core, and that's kind of that kind of set the scene. And uh, you know, we just were really um, focused to interrupt briefly, because yep. um, on the FPGA board, and given that you're um, on the same continent as uh, Greg Davil, have you yes. tried one of his FPGA <laughs> boards yet? <laughs> Funny you should mention it. Um, he uh, he kind of he, got, he he popped up in a few things in in Twitter a while ago, and it turns out, um, I mean, there's there's a, a a fairly strong community around Australia of, of kind of hard open hardware people. Anyway, uh, someone I knew knew Greg, and anyway, as he was working on, I think the orange, the orange crab, and, and he kind of you know pre-announced it. 
I said, we've got to get that. <laughs> so yeah. I talked the, also, to the butter stick looks awesome for running. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Because you've got the uh, Ethernet right there as well. Yes, memory. yes, yeah. yes. So he's doing a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, yep. you know, we, we grabbed one of the really early versions of the Orange Crab and got MicroWatt going on it, um, which was good. Um, and yes, so yeah, it's been it's been interesting for me. Um, my background, as I said, I know you know a lot of people in the, the open source software community, but I'm only kind of getting my um, my tentacles into the, the open hardware community. It's been great, and there's been a lot of really interesting people to work with. Cool. Just um, out of interest, and for comparison later, what um, what frequency were you able to run microwatt on an FPGA? Let's um, take the ECP five. Is that yeah? Well, because that's so, what I'm most familiar um, with. And that, that's one of the things where we're 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 kind of been racing along, and we need to sit back and 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 tune up frequency. Uh, in a lot of cases, you know, we're pretty happy to be at say fifty megahertz, not incredibly fast. Um, it's one of the quite things normal is, for a core running on an FPG, though, isn't it? it, it yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we, we can do better. Um, and it's interesting too because we get into all these trade offs. So uh, we are a sixty four bit architecture, or not? We don't have to be, but we we decided to to implement a sixty four bit PowerPC architecture. Uh, and that has some implications in terms of, you know, how quickly you can do an ad or a multiplier and all that kind of stuff. And we haven't, I'd say, found the sweet spot for where we want to be. Um, we've been experimenting. You know, we have a fully pipeline multiply at the moment um, that's, I think, four cycles. Um, but, you know, we have other options where we have much simpler multipliers that that would make uh, much better timing and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's been an interesting space. I think having spent time, uh, and I know we're going to talk probably a bit about frequency, but having spent time in the ASIC space, I think we want to go back and have a look at some of the decisions we've made and see if we can, you know, tighten some things up or make some other um, tune some things, I guess, to to, mm -hmm. to get it you know, better frequency as we go along. Okay, so um, uh, let's move on to um, the ASIC side of things because I think that's yes. uh, one of the things that most people are going to be interested in. So yep. um, personally, I'm interested in um, like any problems that you had with adapting uh, MicroWatt for the open source ASIC flow, Open Lane. Yeah, I guess we'll put it in two buckets. Um, you know, was there any problems with a VHDL-based flow? And yeah. um, not really. And I'm trying to think if there's anything really specific. Um, there's little niggles. And again, we've been talking to Tristan, and he, um, and in fact, he has another um, VHDL project on the shuttle. And I think I think we're probably the only two. Um, but there's a few things he noticed too. Um, I mean, one of the, the the things that was a little bit, um, I'd say, annoying was we and and you know. Again, one of the comments when we built it, you know, someone said, you know, we, we heavily use records and stuff like that because, you know, we want to group things together. Um, and, you know, maybe that's a bit more of a softwareism, I don't know. But the point there was that the flow through Yosis, we kind of lose a bunch of information. So, you know, you've got a wishbone bus and you have a bunch of data bits and a bunch of control bits. Uh, that all ends up feeding through Yosis and just is a bunch of bits. And so, you know, it's a little bit difficult then if you're simulating inside um, Verilator or, or um, um, Icarus Verilog sometimes to understand what's going on. Um, that's just a limitation, you know, Tristan, I'm, I'm sure, you know, we've talked to him and we can work on fixing that, but there wasn't really any, um, functional issues, you know, it, it had already been proven out through the, the FPGA flow, I guess. And, you know, we've been running in that for a while. So, you know, if we're producing, you know, good FPGA images, then we're, we're likely to be producing good, uh, Verilog, uh, that, that then passes through the ASIC flow. And that's kind yeah, of what so, we're doing. Um, so we, we go through Yosis. Yep. I'm, ex I'm completely ignorant on, um, VHDL and GHDL. So, is that is it, does it work by being like a plugin, like an, a, another flow for Yosis, or is, do you like pre-process VHDL and make Verilog out of it, or how does it work? You, yeah, you can do multiple things uh, in the FPGA flow. It's it's a plugin, and you just run start to finish. And for example, on you know the, the lattice parts, you'll then you'll flow all the way through Yosis and Yosis synthesis all the way through NextPNR. Um, on the ASIC flow at the moment, um, the, the way at least we're doing it is, is we're using um, GHDL and um, and uh, Yosis as kind of a preprocessor, so a translator. So we basically end up with a, a chunk of Verilog that we then plug into Caravel. Uh, and part of it was just, you know, we were we, we were kind of on t under time pressure here, and we just wanted to get something going. Um, but you know, there's a possibility. I mean, it is it is it is a plugin. We could probably just um, Kind of automate it all through the flow, and I think I think that's interesting. The next steps, right? How do we make it easier to use? And there's a few rough edges I think we need to work mm. on. But ultimately, you know, it, it, it one thing it can do is basically take you know your complicated VHDL project and then just spit out really simple um, Verilog that then can then be passed anywhere. I mean, one of the things we do as an interim step, as we went through to Caravel, was just basically chuck it into Verilator, prove that that was good, right? So you've at least taken a step through Yosis and GHDL, mm. come out the other end, and said. 
it's still, you know, it still works. It's still a core. And then we could go on to the next step of kind of integrating it into to Caravel. Yeah, it sounds a bit like um, my experience with the gate level um, Verilog that you get at the end of Open Lane, and it's like unreadable, but yes. you can <laughs> yes. just swap it in and out with the original one and still run your and test cases works. on it and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, did you have any other problem? I mean, um, let's just take a look at your um, GDS, actually. I'm going to yep. load it up. You sent it to me. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so... so Taking off kind of, you know, anything specific around VHDL, we did have um, a number of early problems kind of getting ourselves through the flow. Uh, and that's kind of where I got a bit a bit involved, at least at the periphery on, on open road and open lane. Uh, it, I, I've got to say it's one of the most complicated looking um, submissions <laughs> I've well, seen so far. Again, uh, you know, somewhat of a software guy coming in and saying, "What can we do?" Uh, you know, we the first iteration was was ludicrous. I mean, it was I don't know how many square millimeters it was, but it's like we threw everything in, and it's like, well, this is never going to work. Mm. <laughs> so we madly started ripping stuff out and, and shrinking it down till we thought we were at a point where it was was somewhat possible. Um, it is probably one of the more complicated projects on the first shuttle, but um, you know, yeah, so that it, was look, kind it of, looks to me like you've got um, five like blocks and yeah. then you're um then there's like some logic connecting them all together in the middle yeah it is uh and actually so if if you look at if you look at the block um across the top is a um you know dff ram similar to how um we have on actually on that was one Caravel. of my other questions is what you're doing yep. about memory so that's like yes yeah that, so that whole so top block is memory top, yeah, yeah is is uh four kilobytes of, of memory and um um we work with you know muhammad shalon to to get that done he's he has the dffm project uh okay and and that was a good i think first step we're really keen and you know i know there's some work in the open um ram compiler area mm. you know we were getting some more dense uh ram onto that would be great we'd like yeah because these blocks that. in the bottom left they're 1k each aren't they and they're they're so much yeah. smaller yeah yes yeah exactly yeah i mean we could fit a lot more on there and and yeah. you know we'd, we'd, we'd love some more on chip memory um, yeah. And so Next that was time. where we were. And again, again, yeah, exactly. And again, you know, not really knowing what we we're doing. You know, we I went in thinking I want eight or more kilobytes, and that was just it was just a you know, floor planning nightmare. It was never going to mm -hmm. happen. Um, and four was big enough; it kind of fit. Um, and so that's that chunk at the top. If mm -hmm. we go down a bit, um, we have uh, uh, on the left an I cache, and on the right a D cache. A very small one again, because you know when we're not using any SRAM cells or anything like that. Um, do you really need a cache? Not at this stage, but it's one of these things where our core provides it. Um, it's it's a nice stepping stone. You know, we're looking at where we are today with with what we've done, and we've, we're hopefully proving out a few bits of the the core, and then we can move on to something you know bigger, more interesting. Um, but at the moment, so they're tiny, tiny caches. Um, but is there. this the first tape out of Micro One? Uh, it is. It is. Um, okay. Cool. Congratulations. It, and, and people, thank you. Uh, people ask, is it? You know, what, what are we producing? Is it a boat anchor or not? Um, I mean, we've done we've done gate level sim. And, you know, we're not. It, it it's pretty aggressive. But I mean, this is one of the interesting things I think about the you know the shuttle that you can you can go in and well, that and try is a one. Bunch of new I mean, things. that's what um, Mithro Tim Ansel is trying yes. to encourage, isn't it? One of the things he explicitly said was to you know do stuff even if you think that it might not work. Yeah, and maybe treat it a bit more like software, right? And it mm -hmm. and it is. So I have, a, as I said, I have enough of a background in the hardware with our hardware team to know, you know, that if we were building a chip that cost a lot more per, you know, if we were building one of our server chips, you know, it'd be horrific not to have uh, things like scan chains, all these kind of things that mm -hmm. uh, you know hardware team rely on. But if you're looking at a more software mentality where you want to go fast and you know you have multiple kind of iterations where you maybe have an option to have a failure somewhere. Um, you know, more software mentality. You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, and so, yeah, we were, I'd say, a bit aggressive there um, and, and and big macros. And going back to where our problems were, that was our first problem. So we had these big honking macros and open road would just struggle to kind of... Um, I had exactly the same problem, yeah. 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 I, wish yeah. We, I wish I'd known earlier that you were doing this because we could have talked about the config. Yeah, well, yes, yes. Um, and the funny thing was, um, you know, we did find ways around it, but... Um, one of the things, and I guess you know, this is this is somewhat of our software mentality. It's like picking at it to know, you know, we had a workaround, but it's like why? And and um, you know, working with the uh, the Open Road team, I, I don't know if it was Amar or um, Ahmed. Basically, mm -hmm. it was a workaround, and we could use the older version of the, the, the I think it was the Detail Placer. Uh, but it's like why? 
and it, and it turned out it was just a tuner ball that had been changed uh, as as they merged or updated an open road. And we kind of poked on that, um, and you know, we, we've we've kind of pulled on that thread enough to know that. Um, and 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 great work from the open road team. They fixed it. So the problem was was that the 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 global placer would throw stuff all over macros and then the mm. detail placer could you know it wasn't able to move it far enough to get it off those so all they do now is they have a process where they just get them off the macros before they feed it to the uh, the detail placer and that's taken it away um, okay so, so let's move on to the um the next yeah. two macros you got on the bottom left and the yes. bottom right uh, yeah so we have uh on the left a it's a honking great big multiplier um again we had the area so why not so it's a 64 bit multiplier it's not particularly well optimized it's it's basically relying and this is this is getting into the frequency and what we want to do next um it's basically throwing a a really high level algorithm you know in the fpga world we rely on um uh, what what do they call it i think they call it register retiming basically you know Here's four four extra extra stages. Go off and balance this, um, you know, into something that that is better for timing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think in the flow at the moment that even probably works. Um, but it, I mean, it, it it made timing for what we wanted. I think we were at, I don't know if we were at uh, fifty megahertz or maybe a bit more on that. But um, again, it was you know we, that was the VHDL sent it out. Let's make it work. Uh, we do have a much smaller um, multiplier that's that's much slower and uh, not pipeline. We might throw in next time when we care about area. But you know, I felt the area is there. It's synthesized. It you know simulated. So why mm-hmm. not? Um, and then on the right's a register file. Okay. And again, not particularly optimized. So more DFF round basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We have heaps of it. Um, and and it's not particularly well optimized. Uh, again, um, Muhammad uh, Muhammad Chalon on the DFF round project has mm-hmm. some nice optimized DFF. Uh, uh, RAM based register files. So we've taken that and then um, built built one on uh, that, that fits us. So so specific to to PowerPC sixty four. So we'll throw that in the next round. Uh, it's a fair bit smaller. I think that one's uh, it's probably about 40 percent smaller. I think. I mean, it's a fair bit smaller because yeah. uh, you know it's, it's it's a much better you know. Uh, okay, so maybe actually because um, one of the things I've been trying to do with um, my uh, course, the zero to ASIC course, and the website is to try to. Um, explain to people what all this terminology is. And I've just been realizing that we're talking about. Yes, DFF we're talking about without, a bunch. Yeah. So um, uh, my understanding is that, um, so for example, in the in the bottom left-hand corner, we've got SRAM and that's being generated with a memory compiler called OpenRAM and it's under test. And you can yes. see how small that is. Um, and then DFF RAM is RAM just made out of normal flip-flops. But flip-flops are like the hugest standard cell that you've got basically. So building memory out of... Uh, flip-flops is really expensive in terms of area and then what you're saying is that for this register file you used it like a, an optimized type of flip-flop to make it a bit smaller uh we we haven't in fact it is it's the same thing so it is just uh you know synthesis taking you know a high level register file and okay so just like a, i mean i don't know how you do it in vhdl but in verilog just like create a, a an array of registers and then just give it to the yep tools and see what happens yeah okay yep, absolutely absolutely <laughs> right. and again we had you know we had the area um with more time and absolutely you know that just in the last week we were playing with with a more optimized um you know hand, kind of hand crafted um not hand placed i guess but handcrafted set of standard cells that that muhammad shalon has come up with and you know that will be much better um but okay. you know you know it, yeah. it, part of it is is get it out fast get something yeah. and then, Round then two. we're tuning yeah. up as we go yeah so then the um the big kind of cloudy blob in the middle is the actual processor it, it is it's everything else and yeah. so that was the other thing you know we went from an fpga world where we just smash it all together and we're in this asic world where it's like how do you want to break it up and mm. that was an easy first step do we want to do a better job because it it it, it prop it's it's a bit maybe nasty to say the rest of the core and just you know kind of spew it out over the whole area it's probably not great for timing all that kind of stuff i don't know um so i think we want to do some rework of the core so you know we can do a better job of kind of floor planning um you know it's interesting uh you know i, you know, I, I guess i've become a a pretty terrible um you know floor planner and 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 physical engineer and not physical design engineer and all that kind of stuff in a in a couple of months so there's a lot to learn and there's a lot yeah. to get better <laughs> oh yeah uh, there's so much to learn yeah. <laughs> so um why didn't i mean why did you break it up into these macros in the first place why not just put it all into one blob i mean i'm sure the tools would have had an easier time of it because that's yes yeah yes and no so i mean it is it is reasonably big i mean part of the problem we had um was uh and and uh i might 
uh, talk about this a bit later is the end-to-end flow when you, you end up with, uh, you know, a lot of elements becomes quite slow. And so what we were finding was it was taking forever to get through all the stages. How long? Just out of interest. Oh, I don't know. I mean, in some cases, I mean, the first iteration was ludicrous, you know, and you give it that 24 hours, you're like, I'm done with this. We'll, okay, we'll find yeah. something better to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I will say, you know, that there's there's a lot we can do, I think, in in speeding things up and, and the community has done a number of things to improve the flow, you know, based on where we were a couple of months ago and where it is today, um, you know, their end-to-end flow is already much faster and there's mm. still a bunch we can do. Mm. But, you know, we we're getting to the stage and, you know, it was crunch time and um, one way, you know, to do it was break the problem up. And so we broke it up um, and it is, it, it's kind of nice because you end up, you know, a bunch of problems go out of the way. You know, once you've got all those macros, I don't have to worry about them again. And, you know, they're DRC clean and they're obvious clean, all that kind of stuff. I can forget about them. And then I just have this other gawp to kind of work out how I'm going to get it, uh, you know, on. Okay. So there's there's some, some useful stuff there. It'd be interesting to go back and see, you know, basically, as you say, just throw it all on and see what happens uh, and, you know, see what it does as far as, I don't know, timing and and also in terms of how long the tools would take to to chunk through it. Okay, cool. So um, let me just take a look at my agenda. Okay, so I'm um, just ca- going back to, um, we talked about uh, you managed to achieve around uh, 50 megahertz on an ECP5. What was your what was your timing that you achieved on the ASIC? Uh, it, this, and that's another thing because we, we kind of built those macros up. The, the macros themselves were reasonably good and, you know, uh, the RAMs and the register files and everything. And I think between... You know, so that the best maybe 100 megahertz and some of them maybe um you know somewhere under that uh, the final everything um mm. we were struggling a fair bit to kind of get over the line in terms of making it on time and and getting it optimized uh and in fact one of the things i'm looking at at the moment and quite keen on is 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 what's happening in open lane and open road as far as timing goes and a lot of the stuff that's going on with um uh all of all of the the time the the fixes, the the resizes, all that kind of stuff that, you, that 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 we use to kind of improve timing, um, because I think that's going to be really useful. You know, we as I said, we kind of went through and we f- we flipped a few switches and pushed it as hard as we could. I can't remember exactly where we ended up on timing with the rest. You know, the the, the gorp at the the high level, um, but I think you know definitely a focus for us as we go on for maybe future shuttles is looking at timing and, and, and how far we could push it. Um, and the tools are moving really fast. I mean, that's a really interesting thing I look at and how far all these tools have come in, you know, a couple of months. Uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And, yeah. The and, difference you know, even between on, the, the first tag that we were using MPW1A and the second one was huge and they've just released yep. MPW1C. So that will be the next thing to take a look at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the, the open lane team that are doing a bunch of stuff as well as the open road team, you know, above. Yeah. So, you know, all well, that, that actually kind of moves along. on quite nicely to my last topic, which is, um, I've seen, well, they kind of recently disconnected GitHub from the open lane channel, but before they, before they did, your name was all over that with <laughs> all your contributions. So what, yep. what are the, what are the kind of um, things that you've been contributing back into open lane? And has that been, I mean, I imagine that's really satisfying to be involved in that level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you kind of start with simple things. And one of the things, you know, I did before I, I kind of understood really what was going on. You know, you look at it initially, you think it's impenetrable and it's really hard to understand what everything is. Just producing really useful bug reports. So basically taking, you know, I have a problem, rolling up, you know, all my my left, my def files and a short script. You know, this is what happens at SegVs or something like that, you know, please help. Uh, and, you know, that's where I really started and, and people, uh, you know, um, uh, Amir and Ahmed. Uh, Amir and Ahmed, Ro- the uh, unsung heroes. Yeah. I know, I big know. Up, you know big it's amazing. To those boys. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's been fun because, you know, I, I, I'd roll off something at night and I come up in the morning and it's like, has anything happened? And there's been a commit and it's been, you know, that's been, it's been fun to kind of work with them. Um, and so, yes, you know, that was the initial stage, but then, you know, over time you kind of start to get a little bit more of an understanding of what's going on and you make some somewhat educated guesses and, you know, eventually you're fixing at least some of the problems you're seeing. And that's, that's pretty satisfying. I, I really enjoy that. Um, and that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've worked with open source software all my life. Like I, uh, you know, going back to FPGAs, uh, I got really frustrated with the state of proprietary tools because, you know, there'd be bugs and there'd be problems and you can't do anything about it. Whereas, you know, with Yosis and XPNR and GHDL, uh, you have the ability to kind of work on those things. And the same with this, uh, you know, the open ASIC flow. Um, 
the code's all there. So you can go in and, you know, you can, you can narrow it down. If you don't really know what's going on, you could maybe even just GitHub, uh, sorry, um, Git Bisect or something like that, right? You know, give someone a clue of, of what's going on and where mm. it went wrong. Uh, a lot you can do, a lot of power in your hands. So that's kind of where I've started. I mean, I'm nowhere near, you know, the likes of, of Amar and Ahmed and all that kind of stuff, but um, it's been fun. And, and a lot of my commits, you know, there was a lot, but a lot of them were small things. So for example, you know, you know, all your tunables we've been working on, I'd, I'd refer back to the configuration page and some of the tunables listed as defaults weren't actually right. And it's like, that's a bit confusing. It's not, it'd be nice to have all of the defaults to actually match what the tools are giving you mm. in terms of like, you know, placement density and all that kind of stuff. So some of my commits were just, you know, tidying things up like that. Um, another area where, uh, you know, I've been playing with and, and actually um, someone else in the community, uh, Rob Taylor, has been working on a, a multi-arch version for OpenLane, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he wants to do ARM64. I really want to do PPC64 um, LE because we have a bunch of PowerPC boxes and, you know, it'd be great to be able to use our PowerPC boxes to build our PowerPC core. Uh, I think that'd be good. Um, and in fact, we did some of the design um, kind of exploration with with one of our Power 9s, one of our big Power 9s, just because it has a bunch of threads and and mm. things. At least some of the parts of the flow uh, really work well with, you know, Triton route and all that kind of stuff can yeah. parallelize things, which has been good. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, little, little areas that I've been involved in um, and it's been a lot of fun. And I really enjoy, as I said, you know, the tools are moving so fast. So you wake up in the morning and, you know, something new in open road, something new in open lane, that's pretty cool. Um, and I think, you know, over the, over the, you know, the upcoming months and, and year, I guess there's going to, we're going to see, you know, a lot of, a lot of improvements. Um, yeah. I mean, it'd be so interesting getting this, the first, the first shuttle back. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it, it's going to get so much easier, I guess, once that first shuttle's through and, you know, I know you, you interviewed Tim Edwards and all the work he's doing to kind of prove this first flow out. Uh, and it's going to be interesting once that's done and it's a bit more cookie cutter, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. to see where it goes. Um, and I mean, one thing that comes to mind is, you know, kind of what do I want to look at next in that area? Uh, I spent a bit of time working on speeding things up where I could. And there was a few, there was a few obvious ones. There was a, you know, a, a, a miscellaneous Python, Python script, which was a combination of probably all the things you shouldn't do in Python. And it went from, you know, 12 minutes down to a second or something like that. But um, past that, you know, there's some difficult problems that need to be solved. Um, and actually, uh, well, quickly talked to Tim about it and he had a bunch of good suggestions, but say magic. So at some point, you know, all this area, and, and we really haven't, you know, I look at, you know, um, microwatt, I don't think we've really scratched the surface of what we can do. You know, we could really get much more dense and much more on there. Mm -hmm. But then things like magic are going to become, you know, a bit of a bottleneck in the flow. So could we work out a way to parallelize it? Um, you know, uh, Tim had some good ideas. You know, I'm not really you know, across magic at all enough mm -hmm. to know, you know, to get involved. But I think over time, some of these tools we're going to need to go in and give them a bit of a tune-up, get, you know, maybe OpenMP into Magic or something like yeah. that, get it much faster than it is today. And Magic is used all the way through the flow for so many different points. Yes. So presumably yes. improvements to that tool would improve the whole flow. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. specifically for me, the, the two problems I had were, you know, the DRC and the, the LVS checks. Uh, magic takes, you know, for yeah, a bit of time in those. Yeah, quite long, aren't they? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, as, as we get bigger designs and, and all that kind of stuff, it's going to become a bigger and a bigger problem. Okay. So just to finish up with, um, yep. someone on Twitter called Michael, perhaps you know him, yeah, suggested uh, that we get some <laughs> background information on you. And um, we've got a whole website of An Anton Blanchard facts. Unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah. so uh, apparently yeah. your first words were hello world, were they? <laughs> I, I'm told. I, I can't. Uh, I can't confirm that. Uh, yeah. How come yeah, you've got? How come you've got a website full of a long story? And it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that started off as a joke. A really, a really, really specific inside joke. Um, yes, this looks like it's, it's, it's a bit like the Chuck Norris facts in a in a very techy <laughs> kind of way. Um, yeah. And it, it came out of a, a random idea that got bounced around, and um, all of a sudden there was a website. And uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit strange. Uh, Years ago, my mum found it and said, yeah. I don't understand any of it, uh, yeah. <laughs> but what is going on here? It's like, oh, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so, thanks so much for your time. I, go on, go one on. thing I'll point out that every every fact there has to be completely wrong. So okay, you know, there's right. absolutely nothing, uh, nothing okay. of relevance in there. Yeah, well, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure that process IDs did have a smell. So it's good to know <laughs> that, that these are all fake, fake yes, facts. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for your time, Anton. Um, it's been really good um, getting to know you a little bit better. And um, yeah, I, uh, well, 
What time is it there in Australia? Uh, just coming up to... It was it's late your time, So just it? coming okay. up to 8.30. Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, um, and I've so, had a great time. Thanks, Matt, yeah. for inviting me. Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more this year, so I'm hoping, you know, we'll all cross paths as we work yeah. through. We'll do this, another this interview in when you get um, your results back and hopefully you can give us a demo of your... At- Absolutely, I'd be very happy or very, very sad. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, we'll we'll talk. Okay, great. Thanks for your time. Excellent. Thanks, Matt. See you later. (laughs) Um, So, hi, Anton. Very nice to meet you um, remotely at last. for people that uh, don't know you, could you just give us like a 30-second intro? Sure. Uh, thanks, Matt. Uh, my name is Anton Blanchard. Uh, I've been involved with Linux and open source software for most of my career. A couple of years ago, uh, I started to uh, deal in open hardware. Uh, just some quick background, the Open Power Foundation uh, uh, that I'm a part of as, as uh, I'm at IBM. Uh, we opened up the instruction set architecture to the power architecture. And as part of that, we decided to have a proof of concept, I guess, a little core. It was called MicroWatt. Uh, and that really got me into the open hardware world and, uh, you know, going through uh, FPA, FPGAs right through now into ASICs. You know, it's been a, a bit of a wild ride over the last couple of years and, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So when did MicroWatt start then? Uh, so it started really a couple of months before uh, we released or announced, I should say, the uh, you know, the instruction set architecture was was being opened up, and it was more a proof of concept. So you know we we were about to announce, and that's all well and good, but you know it's it's uh, it's much more interesting when you have something uh, out there. And um, I mean, my background's primarily in software, as I said, of you know open source uh, software and, and Linux, um, but I have worked with hardware people over the years quite a lot. Uh, and you know I sat down and thought, well, you know how hard is it? To, to build a core. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, in a lot of cases, you go into it not really knowing what you're doing uh, and it gets better <laughs> over time. Uh, one of the interesting comments was uh, uh, what, someone in the community looked at, you know, our, our uh, original release and said it looks like a software person wrote it. And that's exactly right. A software person did write the core. Um, and so that's that's where it kind of came from. Um, it aims to be reasonably simple, uh, you know, it, although it, it aims to, you know, to to be reasonably complete, at least with the, the more simple um, implementations of the architecture. Uh, and it uses all open source tools. So, you know, we we were uh, we targeted VHDL, which was kind of interesting. So most of the open hardware communities in in Verilog, and we'll probably touch a uh, talk a little bit about that is, VHDL. That is um, quite a regional thing, though, isn't it? So that's um, it, maybe also something is. worth pointing it, out that it's yeah, um, it is. You're based it, in it, Australia. Yes, um, yes. What's also interesting, it's even even uh, you know, uh, I guess regional within companies. So you know, as, as IBM, we have. A lot of Verilog and we have a whole lot of VHDL as well so it's not even consistent within companies um, and so yeah, it was maybe a little bit of an odd choice but um, we found it's been really interesting uh, a lot of what we've done is is not only you know um, develop microwatt but work with the community on improving the VHDL flow um, and, and you know, we think that's kind of VHDL is it it is it is uh, so the maintainer uh, Tristan Gingold he's he's fantastic uh, and was really responsive from you know when we first announced uh, and, you know, we found, uh, you know, a number of bugs along the way and, and he's always fixed them. Uh, the other interesting thing is, is that he was spending a lot of time on on the synthesis flow too. So up until that stage, there was really no open source synthesis for um, for VHDL, excuse me, for VHDL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just as we were kind of coming on board and working our way through uh, simulating on top of GHDL and, and kind of releasing and moving along, uh, he was busily working on, you know, the, the basically the front end, so it plugs into Yosis. Uh, so we jumped on that, and that was great. You know, we had a, a, a good collaboration with uh, with him to kind of prove out some of that stuff and ultimately get uh, uh, MicroWatt running on top of GHDL and Yosis all the way through for, for synthesis. Uh, so you so simulated this on an FPGA already then? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, traditional, originally the focus was FPGAs. It's, 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 it's what we had. It's, it's something, you know, tangible we could work with. Uh, and so we targeted, you know, the, the lower end, kind of the maker, um, Xilinx and, and um, ECP5 lattice parts as well. Uh, and, you know, that was good because they're cheap. Um, I won't show you, but I've got like a stack <laughs> a stack of FPGA boards. Uh, it's one of those things, you know, the, the, the right number of FPGA boards is always N plus one, so I'm always buying them. Um, but it's good because you can get a board for, you know, under 100 bucks now, uh, a lot of interesting yeah. stuff happening in the community. And it gave us a, a platform for us to play with. Uh, and so anyone could kind of get up to speed and run run the MicroWatt core. 
and that's kind of that kind of set the scene. And uh, you know, we just were really um, focused- to interrupt briefly, because yeah. um, on the FPGA board, and given that you're um, on the same continent as uh, Greg Davil, have you yes. tried one of his FPGA <laughs> boards yet? <laughs> Funny you should mention it. Um, he uh, he kind of he, got, he he popped up in a few things in in Twitter a while ago, and it turns out, um, I mean, there's there's a, a a fairly strong community around Australia of, of kind of hard open hardware people. Anyway, uh, someone I knew knew Greg, and anyway, as he was working on, I think the orange, the orange crab, and and he kind of you know pre-announced it. You know, I said we got to get that. Yeah. <laughs> so I the, talked also to, the butter stick looks awesome for running. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely, CPU because you've got the uh, Ethernet right there as well. In yes, memory. yes, yeah. yes. So he's doing a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, yep. And we we grabbed one of the really early versions of the orange crab and got microwatt going on it, um, which was good. Um, and yes, so yeah, it's been it's been interesting for me. Um, my background, as I said, I know you know a lot of people in the, the open source software community, but I'm only kind of getting my um, my tentacles into the, the open hardware community. It's been great, and there's been a lot of really interesting people to work with. Cool. Just um, out of interest, and for comparison later, what um, what frequency were you able to run microwatt on an FPGA? Just um, take the ECP5 as a yeah, well, because that's so, what I'm most um, familiar with. And that, that's one of the things where we're where we're kind of been racing along, and we need to sit back and 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 tune up frequency. Uh, in a lot of cases, you know, we're pretty happy to be at say fifty megahertz, not incredibly fast. Um, it's one of the quite things normal is, for a core running on an FPG, though, isn't it? it? it yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we, we can do better. Um, and it's interesting too because we get into all these trade offs. So uh, we are a sixty four bit architecture, or not? We don't have to be, but we we decided to to implement a sixty four bit PowerPC architecture. Uh, and that has some implications in terms of, you know, how quickly you can do an ad or a multiplier and all that kind of stuff. And we haven't, I'd say, found the sweet spot for where we want to be. Um, we've been experimenting. You know, we have a fully pipeline multiplier at the moment um, that's, I think, four cycles. Um, but, you know, we have other options where we have much simpler multipliers that that would make uh, much better timing all that kind of stuff. So um, it's been an interesting space. I think having spent time, uh, and I know we're going to talk probably a bit about frequency, but having spent time in the ASIC space, I think we want to go back and have a look at some of the decisions we've made and see if we can, you know, tighten some things up or make some other, um, tune some things, I guess, to, to, mm-hmm. to get a you know, better frequency as we go along. Okay, so um, uh, let's move on to um, the ASIC side of things because I think that's yes. uh, one of the things that most people are going to be interested in. So yep. um, personally, I'm interested in, um, like, any problems that you had with adapting uh, MicroWatt for the open source ASIC flow, open lane. Yeah, I guess we'll put it in two buckets. Um, you know, was there any problems with a VHDL-based flow? And yeah. um, not really. And I'm trying to think if there's anything really specific. Um, there's little niggles. And again, we've been talking to Tristan, and he, um, and in fact, he has another um, VHDL project on the shuttle. And I think I think we're probably the only two. Um, but there's a few things he noticed too. Um, I mean, one of the, the the things that was a little bit, um, I'd say, annoying was we and and you know. Again, one of the comments when we built it, you know, someone said, you know, we, we heavily use records and stuff like that because, you know, we want to group things together. Um, and, you know, maybe that's a bit more of a softwareism, I don't know. But the point there was that the flow through Yosis, we kind of lose a bunch of information. So, you know, you've got a wishbone bus and you have a bunch of data bits and a bunch of control bits. Uh, that all ends up feeding through Yosis and just is a bunch of bits. And so, you know, it's a little bit difficult then if you're simulating inside um, Verilator or, or um, um, Icarus Verilog sometimes to understand what's going on. Um, that's just a limitation, you know, Tristan, I'm, I'm sure, you know, we've talked to him and we can work on fixing that, but there wasn't really any, um, functional issues, you know, it, it had already been proven out through the, the FPGA flow, I guess. And, you know, we've been running in that for a while. So, you know, if we're producing, you know, good FPGA images, then we're, we're likely to be producing good, uh, Verilog, uh, that, that then passes through the ASIC flow. And that's kind yeah, of what so, we're doing. Um, so we, we go through Yosis. Yep. I'm, ex- I'm completely ignorant on, um, VHDL and GHDL. So, is that is it, does it work by being like a plugin, like an, a, another flow for Yosis, or is, do you like pre-process G, VHDL and make Verilog out of it, or how does it work? You, yeah, you can do multiple things uh, in the FPGA flow. It's it's a plugin, and you just run start to finish. And for example, on you know the, the lattice parts, you'll then you'll flow all the way through Yosis and Yosis synthesis all the way through NextPNR. Um, on the ASIC flow at the moment, um, the, the way at least we're doing it is, is we're using um, GHDL and um, and uh, Yosis as kind of a preprocessor, so a translator. So we basically end up with a, a chunk of Verilog that we then plug into Caravel. Uh, and 
part of it was just, you know, we were we, we were kind of on t- under time pressure here and we just wanted to get something going. Um, but, you know, there's a possibility. I mean, it is it is it is a plug-in. We could probably just um, kind of automate it all through the flow. And I think I think that's interesting, the next steps, right? How do we make it easier to use? And there's a f- few rough edges I think we need to work mm. on. But ultimately, you know, it, 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 one thing it can do is basically take, you know, your complicated VHDL project and then just spit out really simple um, Verilog that then can then be passed anywhere. I mean, one of the things we do as an interim step as we went through to Caravel was just basically chuck it into Verilator, prove that that was good, right? So you've at least taken a step through Yosis and GHDL, mm. come out the other end and said, it's still, you know, it still works, it's still a core. And then we could go on to the next step of kind of integrating it into to Caravel. Yeah, it sounds a bit like um, my experience with the gate level um, Verilog that you get at the end of open lane and it's like unreadable, yes. but you can yes. just swap it in and out with the original one and still run your and test cases works. on it and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, did you have any other problem? I mean, um, let's just take a look at your um, GDS actually. I'm going to yep. load it up. You sent it to me. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so so take, taking off kind of, you know, anything specific around VHDL, we did have... Um, a number of early problems, kind of getting ourselves through the flow, uh, and that's kind of where I got a bit a bit involved, at least at the periphery on on open road and open lane. Uh, it, I, I've got to say, it's one of the most complicated looking um, submissions <laughs> I've well, seen so far. Again, uh, you know, somewhat of a software guy coming in and saying, "What can we do?" Uh, you know, we the first iteration was was ludicrous. I mean, it was I don't know how many square millimeters it was, but it's like we threw everything in, and it's like, well, this is never going to work. <laughs> so we madly started ripping stuff out and, and shrinking it down till we thought we were at a point where it was was somewhat possible. Um, it is probably one of the more complicated projects on the first shuttle, but um, you know, so that, it, look, it of... looks to me like you've got um, five like blocks, and yeah. then you're um, then there's like some logic connecting them all together in the middle. Yeah, it is. Uh, and actually, so if if you look at if you look at the block um, across the top is a um, you know, DFF RAM, similar to how um, we have on Actually, on that was one Caravel. of my other questions is what you're doing yep. about memory. So that's like... Yes. Yeah. That, so that so whole chunk chunk is memory. Top, yeah, yeah, is, is uh, four kilobytes of, of memory. And um, um, we work with, you know, Mohammed Shalon to, to get that done. He's, he has the DFF RAM project. Uh, okay. And, and that was a good, I think, first step. We're really keen. And, you know, I know there's some work in the open um, RAM compiler area mm. you know we were getting some more dense uh, ram onto that would be great we'd like yeah because these blocks that. in the bottom left they're 1k each aren't they and there's they're so much yeah. smaller yeah yes yeah exactly yeah i mean we could fit a lot more on there and and yeah. you know we'd, we'd, we'd love some more on chip memory um yeah. and so Next that was time. where we were and again again yeah exactly and again you know not really knowing what we're doing you know we i went in thinking i want eight or more kilobytes and that was just it was just a you know, floor planning nightmare it was never mm. going to happen um and four was big enough it kind of fit um and so that's that chunk at the top. If mm-hmm. we go down a bit, um, we have uh, uh, on the left an I cache and on the right a D cache, a very small one again, because you know when we're not using any SRAM cells or anything like that. Um, do you really need a cache? Not at this stage, but it's one of these things where our core provides it. Um, it's it's a nice stepping stone. You know, we're looking at where we are today with with what we've done. And we've, we're hopefully proving out a few bits of the, the core and then we can move on to something, you know, bigger, more interesting. Um, but at the moment, so they're tiny, tiny caches. Um, but is there. this the first tape out of Micro One? Uh, it is. It is. Um, okay, cool. Congratulations. It, and, and people, thank you. Uh, people ask, is it, you know, what, what are we producing? Is it a boat anchor or not? Um, I mean, we've done, <laughs> we've done gate level sim and, you know, we're not... It, it, it's pretty aggressive, but I mean, this is one of the interesting things I think about the you know the shuttle that you can you can go in and well, that and try is a one. Bunch of new I mean, things. that's what um, Mithro Tim Ansell is trying yes. to encourage, isn't it? One of the things he explicitly said was to you know do stuff even if you think that it might not work. Yeah, and maybe treat it a bit more like software, right? And it mm-hmm. and it is. So I have, a, as I said, I have enough of a background in the hardware with our hardware team to know. You know, that if we were building a chip that cost a lot more per, you know, if we were building one of our server chips, you know, it'd be horrific not to have uh, things like scan chains, all these kind of things that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hardware team rely on. But if you're looking at a more software mentality where you want to go fast and, you know, you have multiple kind of iterations where you maybe have an option to have a failure somewhere, um, you know, more software mentality, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, and so, yeah, we were, I'd say a bit aggressive there um, and, and, and big macros and going back to where our problems were, that was our first problem. So we had these big honking macros and open road, 
would just struggle to kind of. Um, I had exactly the same problem. Yeah. 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 I wish yeah. I wish I'd known earlier that you were doing this because we could have talked about the config. Yeah. Well. Yes. Yes. Um, and the funny thing was, um, you know, we did find ways around it, but um, one of the things, and I guess you know, th- this is this is somewhat of our software mentality. It's like picking at it to know, you know, we had a workaround, but it's like why and and um, you know, working with the uh, the Open Road team, I, I don't know if it was Emma or um, Ahmed. Basically, mm-hmm. it was a workaround, and we could use the older version of the the, the I think it was the detailed placer. Uh, but it's like why, and it, and it turned out it was just a tunable that had been changed uh, as as they merged or updated in Open Road. We kind of poked on that, um, and you know. We've we've kind of pulled on that thread enough to know that um, and 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 great work from the Open Road team. They fixed it. So the problem was was that the 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 global placer would throw stuff all over macros, and then the mm. detail placer could you know it wasn't able to move it far enough to get it off those. So all they do now is they have a process where they just get them off the macros before they feed it to the uh, the detail placer, and that's taken it away. Um, okay, so, so let's move on to the um, the next yeah. two macros you got on the bottom left and the yes. bottom right. Uh, yeah, so we have uh, on the left. A, it's a honking great big multiplier. Um, again, we had the area, so why not? So it's a sixty-four yeah. bit multiplier. It's not okay. particularly well optimized. It's it's basically relying, and this is this is to, getting into the frequency and what we want to do next. Um, it's basically throwing a a really high level algorithm. You know, in the FPGA world, we rely on um, uh, what what do they call it? I think they call it register retiming. Basically, you know. Here's four four extra extra stages. Go off and balance this, um, you know, into something that that is better for timing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think in the flow at the moment that even probably works. Um, but it, I mean, it, it it made timing for what we wanted. I think we were at, I don't know if we were at uh, fifty megahertz or maybe a bit more on that. But um, again, it was you know we, that was the VHDL send it out. Let's make it work. Uh, we do have a much smaller um, multiplier that's that's much slower and uh, not pipeline. We might throw in next time when we care about area. But you know, I felt the area is there. It's synthesized. It you know simulated. So why mm-hmm. not? Um, and then on the right's a register file. Okay. And again, not particularly optimized. So more DFF round basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We have heaps of it. Um, and and it's not particularly well optimized. Uh, again, Muhammad um, Muhammad uh, Chalon on the DFF RAM project has mm-hmm. some nice optimized DFF uh, uh, RAM based register files. So we've taken that and then. Um, Built built one on uh, that, that fits us, so so specific to to Power PC sixty four. So we'll throw that in the next round. Uh, it's a fair bit smaller. I think that one's uh, it's probably about 40 percent smaller. I think. I mean, it's a fair bit smaller because yeah. uh, you know it's, it's it's a much better you know. Uh, okay, so maybe actually because um, one of the things I've been trying to do with um, my uh, course, the zero to ASIC course, and the website is to try to. Um, explain to people what all this terminology is. And I've just been realizing that we're talking about. Yes, DFF we're talking about without, a bunch. Yeah. So um, uh, my understanding is that, um, so for example, in the in the bottom left-hand corner, we've got SRAM and that's being generated with a memory compiler called OpenRAM and it's under test. And you can yes. see how small that is. Um, and then DFF RAM is RAM just made out of normal flip-flops. But flip-flops are like the hugest standard cell that you've got basically. So building memory out of... Uh, flip-flops is really expensive in terms of area and then what you're saying is that for this register file you used it like a, an optimized type of flip-flop to make it a bit smaller uh we we haven't in fact it is it's the same thing so it is just uh you know synthesis taking you know a high level register file and okay so just like a, i mean i don't know how you do it in vhdl but in verilog just like create a, a an array of registers and then just give it to the yep tools and see what happens yeah okay yep, absolutely absolutely <laughs> right. and again we had you know we had the area um with more time and absolutely you know that just in the last week we were playing with with a more optimized um you know hand, kind of hand crafted um not hand placed i guess but hand crafted set of standard cells that that muhammad shalon has come up with and you know that will be much better um but okay. you know you know it, yeah. it, part of it is is get it out fast get something yeah. and then, Round then two. we're tuning yeah. up as we go yeah so then the um the big kind of cloudy blob in the middle is the actual processor it, it is it's everything else and yeah. so that was the other thing you know we went from an fpga world where we just smash it all together and we're in this asic world where it's like how do you want to break it up and mm. that was an easy first step do we want to do a better job because it it it, it prop it's it's a bit maybe nasty to say the rest of the core and just you know kind of spew it out over the whole area it's probably not great for timing all that kind of stuff i don't know um so i think we want to do some rework of the core so you know we can do a better job of kind of floor planning um you know it's interesting uh you know i, you know, 
I, I guess I've become a, a pretty terrible, um, you know, floor planner and, and, and physical engineer and not physical design engineer and all that kind of stuff in a, in a couple of months. So there's a lot to learn and there's a lot yeah. to get better. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, there's so much to learn. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, why didn't, I mean, why did you break it up into these macros in the first place? Why not just put it all into one blob? I mean, I'm sure the tools would have had an easier time of it because that's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And no. So, I mean, it is, it is reasonably big. I mean, part of the problem we had um, was, uh, and, and uh, I might uh, talk about this a bit later is the end to end flow when you, you end up with, uh, you know, a lot of elements becomes quite slow. And so what we were finding was it was taking forever to get through all the stages. How long? Just out of interest? Oh, I don't know. I mean, in some cases, I mean, the first iteration was ludicrous, you know, and you give it that 24 hours, you're like, I'm done with this. We'll, okay, we'll find yeah. something better to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I will say, you know, there's there's a lot we can do. I think in in speeding things up, and and the community has done a number of things to improve the flow. You know, based on where we were a couple of months ago and where it is today, um, you know, their end to end flow is already much faster, and there's mm. still a bunch we can do. Mm. But you know, we're getting to the stage, and you know, it was crunch time, and um, one way you know to do it was break the problem up, and so we broke it up. Um, and it is, it, it's kind of nice because you end up. You know, a bunch of problems go out of the way. You know, once you've got all those macros, I don't have to worry about them again. And, you know, they're DRC clean and they're obvious clean, all that kind of stuff. I can forget about them. And then I just have this other gawp to kind of work out how I'm going to get it, uh, you know, on. So there's there's some some useful stuff there. It'd be interesting to go back and see, you know, basically, as you say, just throw it all on and see what happens uh, and, you know, see what it does as far as, I don't know, timing and and also in terms of how long the tools would take to, to chunk through it. Okay, cool. So um, let me just take a look at my agenda. Okay, so um, just ca- going back to, um, we talked about uh, you managed to achieve around uh, fifty megahertz on an ECP five. What was your what was your timing that you achieved on the ASIC? Uh, this, and that's another thing because we, we kind of built those macros up. The, the macros themselves were reasonably good, and you know uh, the RAMs and the register mm-hmm. files and everything. And I think between you know, so that the best maybe 100 megahertz and some of them maybe um you know somewhere under that uh, the final everything um mm. we were struggling a fair bit to kind of get over the line in terms of making it on time and and getting it optimized uh and in fact one of the things i'm looking at at the moment and quite keen on is 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 what's happening in open lane and open road as far as timing goes and a lot of the stuff that's going on with um uh all of all of the the time the the fixes, the the resizes, all that kind of stuff that, you, that 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 we use to kind of improve timing, um, because I think that's going to be really useful. You know, we as I said, we kind of went through and we f- we flipped a few switches and pushed it as hard as we could. I can't remember exactly where we ended up on timing with the rest. You know, the the, the gorp at the the high level, um, but I think you know definitely a focus for us as we go on for maybe future shuttles is looking at timing and, and, and how far we could push it. Um, and the tools are moving really fast. I mean, that's a really interesting thing I look at and how far all these tools have come in, you know, a couple of months. Uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And, yeah. And, the difference you know, even between on, the, the first tag that we were using MPW1A and the second one was huge and they've just released yep. MPW1C. So that will be the next thing to take a look at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the, the open lane team that are doing a bunch of stuff as well as the open road team, you know, above. Yeah. So, you know, all well, that, that actually kind of moves along. on quite nicely to my last topic, which is, um, I've seen, well, they kind of recently disconnected GitHub from the open lane channel, but before they, before they did, your name was all over that with all your contributions. So what, yep. what are the, what are the kind of um, things that you've been contributing back into open lane? And has that been, I mean, I imagine that's really satisfying to be involved in that level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you kind of start with simple things. And one of the things, you know, I did before I, I kind of understood really what was going on. You know, you look at it initially, you think it's impenetrable and it's really hard to understand what everything is. Just producing really useful bug reports. So basically taking, you know, I have a problem, rolling up, you know, all my my left, my def files and a short script. You know, this is what happens at SegVs or something like that. You know, please help. Uh, and, you know, that's where I really started and, and people, uh, you know, um, uh, Amar and Ahmed. Uh, Amar and Ahmed, Road, the uh, unsung heroes. Yeah. I know, I know. Big, you know, big shouts to those boys. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's been fun because, you know, I, I, I'd roll off something at night and I come up in the morning and it's like, has anything happened? And there's been a commit and it's been, you know, that's been, it's been fun to kind of work with them. Um, and so, yes, you know, that was the initial stage, but then, you know, over time you kind of start to get a little bit more of an understanding of what's going on and you make some somewhat educated guesses and, 
you know, eventually you're fixing at least some of the problems you're seeing. And that's, that's pretty satisfying. I, I really enjoy that. Um, and that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've worked with open source software all my life. Like I, uh, you know, going back to FPGAs, uh, I got really frustrated with the state of proprietary tools because, you know, there'd be bugs and there'd be problems and you can't do anything about it. Whereas, you know, with Yosis and XPNR and GHDL, uh, you have the ability to kind of work on those things. And the same with this, uh, you know, the open ASIC flow, um, the code's all there. So you can go in and, you know, you can you can narrow it down. If you don't really know what's going on, you could maybe even just GitHub, uh, sorry, um, Git bisect or something like that, right? You know, give someone a clue of, of what's going on and where mm. it went wrong. Uh, a lot you can do, a lot of power in your hands. So that's kind of where I've started. I mean, I'm nowhere near, you know, the likes of, of Amar and Ahmed and all that kind of stuff, but um, it's been fun. And, and a lot of my commits, you know, there was a lot, but a lot of them were small things. So for example, you know, you know, all your tunables we've been working on, I'd, I'd refer back to the configuration page and some of the tunables listed as defaults weren't actually right. And it's like, that's a bit confusing. It's not, it'd be nice to have all of the defaults to actually match what the tools are giving you mm. in terms of like, you know, placement density and all that kind of stuff. So some of my commits were just, you know, tidying things up like that. Um, Another area where, uh, you know, I've been playing with and, and actually um, someone else in the community, uh, Rob Taylor, has been working on a, a multi-arch version for OpenLane, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he wants to do ARM64. I really want to do PPC64 um, LE because we have a bunch of PowerPC boxes and, you know, it'd be great to be able to use our PowerPC boxes to build our PowerPC core. Uh, I think that'd be good. Um, and in fact, we did some of the design um, kind of exploration with, with one of our Power9s, one of our big Power9s, just because it has a bunch of threads and, and things, mm. at least some of the parts of the flow uh, really work well with, you know, Triton route and all that kind of stuff can yeah. parallelize things, which has been good. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, little little areas that I've been involved in um, and it's been a lot of fun. And I really enjoy, as I said, you know, the tools are moving so fast. So you wake up in the morning and, you know, something new in Open Road, something new in Open Lane, that's pretty cool. Um, and I think, you know, over the, over the, you know, the upcoming months and, and year, I guess there's going to, we're going to see, you know, a lot of, a lot of improvements. Um, yeah. I mean, it'd be so interesting getting this, the first, the first shuttle back. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it, it's going to get so much easier, I guess, once that first shuttle's through and, you know, I know you, you interviewed Tim Edwards and all the work he's doing to kind of prove this first flow out. Uh, and it's going to be interesting once that's done and it's a bit more cookie cutter, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. to see where it goes. Um, and I mean, one thing that comes to mind is, you know, kind of what do I want to look at next in that area? Uh, I spent a bit of time working on speeding things up where I could. And there was a few, there was a few obvious ones. There was, a, you know, a, a, a miscellaneous Python, Python script, which was a combination of probably all the things you shouldn't do in Python. And it went from, you know, 12 minutes down to a second or something like that. But um, past that, you know, there's some difficult problems that need to be solved. Um, and actually, uh, well, quickly talked to Tim about it and he had a bunch of good suggestions, but say magic. So at some point, you know, all this area, and, and we really haven't, you know, I look at, you know, um, MicroWatt, I don't think we've really scratched the surface of what we can do. You know, we could really get much more dense and much more on there. Mm -hmm. But then things like magic are going to become, you know, a bit of a bottleneck in the flow. So could we work out a way to parallelize it? Um, you know, uh, Tim had some good ideas. You know, I'm not really... You know, across magic at all enough mm. to know you know to get involved but i think over time some of these tools we're going to need to go in and give them a bit of a tune-up get you know maybe open mp into magic or something yeah. like that get it much faster than it is today and magic is used all the way through the flow for so many different points yes. so presumably yes. improvements to that tool would improve the whole flow yeah Absolutely, absolutely, and, and yeah. specifically for me, the, the two problems I had were, you know, the DRC and the, the LVS checks. Uh, magic takes you know a yeah, bit they of time in those. Quite long, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, as as we get bigger designs and and all that kind of stuff, it's going to become a bigger and a bigger problem. Okay. So just to finish up with, um, yep. Someone on Twitter called Michael, perhaps you know him, yeah, suggested uh, that we get <laughs> some background information on you, and um, we've got a whole website of and. Anton Blanchard facts. Unfortunately, so. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, apparently yeah. your first words were hello world, were they? <laughs> I, I'm told. I, I, can't, uh, I can't confirm that. How come you've got a website full of a Anton A long Blanchard story. Facts? And it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that started off as a joke, a really, a really, really specific inside joke. Um, yes, this looks like it's, it's, it's a bit <laughs> like the Chuck Norris facts in a in a very techy kind of way. Um, yeah. And it, it came out of a, a random idea that got bounced around, and um, all of a sudden there was a website. And uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit strange. Uh, years ago, my mum found it and said, yeah. "I don't understand any of it, uh, yeah. but 
what is going on? <laughs> yes, I got that right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so, thanks so one, much one for your I'll, time. I, go on, go on. One thing I'll point out that every every fact there has to be completely wrong. So okay, you know, there's right. absolutely nothing, uh, nothing okay. of relevance in there. Yeah, well, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure that process IDs did have a smell. So it's good to know <laughs> that, that these are all fake. fake yes, facts. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks so much for your time, Anton. Um, it's been really good um, getting to know you a little bit better. And um, yeah, I, uh, what time is it there in Australia? Uh, just coming up to, uh, it's late your time, so isn't just it? coming like, up to 8.30. Yep. Yep. Okay, yeah. Um, and I've so, had a great time. Thanks, Matt, yeah. for inviting me. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more this year. So I'm hoping, you know, we'll all cross paths as we work yeah. through. We'll do another interview in when you get um, your results back and hopefully you can give us a demo of your a Absolutely. Your I'd your be very happy or very, CPU. very sad. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. either way, we'll, we'll talk. Okay, great. Thanks for your time. Excellent. Bye -bye. Thanks, Matt. See you later.